everyone, welcome back to Grim Encounters. We are a real play tabletop RPG using the Chill 3rd Edition rule set. My name is Nort, and your players are... Shane, playing Father Frank Flanagan. And then I'm Ranson, playing Pykel Sanchez. And I'm Anna, playing Mavis. Yes. <clears throat> and for our recap here, we're going to do something a little different. We are going to jump right into... A scene actually from the future. So, get right into that. Let's do it. Father Frank, why don't you start off with telling me how your first few weeks with Save were? Yes, of course. As it happened, we were recruited from a number of places by a number of people. Uh, all unassuming, unexpecting, what might be ahead of us. Um, instantly, we made a connection, Pykel, Mavis, and I, um, at our initial initiation, uh, where we rescued Mavis, in some senses, uh, from a bully. Uh, quite the trial, but again, it seemed uh, beneficial for our whole group, and really... I can only iterate once again that we seem to be connected in some way. After which, we had several days of training down in the warehouse district of Chicago, working on our skills necessary for field. Uh, I, of course, had a much harder time than my companions, um, given my age and my uh, increasing health problems. But we managed to make it through uh, and were assigned together as a group, thankfully, along with Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah did not quite get along with the rest of us. He has a go-it-alone attitude um, to the detriment of himself, I feel. After passing all of our initial training, um, we were told to wait and we would be contacted. Uh, and all three of us went through an initial, I will call it hazing in this case, um, but it was the final test to make sure that we were able to keep safe secrets and we would keep, keep safe secrets no matter the cost. Um, Richard Black, Naomi Davis, Charles Fletcher um, tested us each individually and were the three that brought us into save. Um, we, of course, all passed, and much to my merriment, uh, found out that our new save headquarters was situated beneath the church that I have been working in for some time. Um, quite a pleasant and unsuspecting surprise. Uh, after which, uh, we had our initial tour, and Richard Black approached us with our first mission, um, which is what I suppose you want to talk about now. Um, I've never heard of Buffy. That's what he told us. Do you have a question before we proceed? After this mission, I feel as though I must ask, if we are the watchers that watch the people, then who indeed watches us? A very wise question, Father Frank. Who watches save? Now, we are meant to watch ourselves. Have you noticed, walking the halls of the HQ, that there's very different people, very different origins, and very different backgrounds? The Lord works in mysterious ways, as they say. Yes. Many of us don't see eye to eye. But we all strive for one common goal. To save the world. Now, of course there's the policies and the regulations, but we all check each other from time to time. Let's continue. 
of course. upon you three what is Buffy Richard <laughs> lean, uh, kind of leans back on his haunches <laughs> that's what Dax told me to say I <laughs> said it would re- help people understand uh, it was a TV show from a while back it was about a vampire hunter your first case is about a vampire you should have just said that. Throw us in the deep end there. I mean, did you get it, Mavis? Uh, no. Very well, tough crowd. Okay. So the case, and he tosses the manila folder onto the table. It seems to be pretty cut and dry. Uh, creature of the unknown, he's out. It, excuse me, is is out hunting and draining people of their life force, so that's why we presume it is... A vampire. Um, you are tasked with investigating the areas, interviewing the people, and finding this creature and putting it into it. There has been two bodies so far. We found, well, local law enforcement found one in an alleyway outside of the Trinity nightclub. And a second found this morning in an abandoned building next to another nightclub called Valium. They both were female. The only detail that we were able to scrounge up in this short amount of time was that both bodies are reported to look malnourished and almost skin and bone. You will be working with uh, one of our local contacts in the Chicago PD. Richard. Yes. Did they appear to be ladies of the night? That, that's what we thought at first, but no, they, from coming back from records, uh, finding out who they were, they were, fre- they were frequent at the nightclubs. Okay. Just local, single females. Well, I suppose we should go in. Do either of you know how to drive? I know Mavis has a car. I have a car. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I have a car. It's my parents' car. Yeah. And my car. As you guys get up um, and begin to collect your things, he says, Now, I do suggest after you do your initial, invest- initial investigation and interviewing that you do do the proper research because we are not sure what type of vampire hurt these people. There are numerous types of vampire, and some we don't even know about. Can the books leave the uh, safe sanctuary, Richard? Fortunately not. Fair enough. If they get in the wrong hands. A wise decision. Don't want the media here. He hands you a piece of paper with the addresses of the, tr- the both nightclubs, and uh, says, you all have my number. If you need anything, I will be here. And slowly walks to his desk. Now, do you do do you guys have anything that you want to do here before you leave, or we can do an initial investigation? Just about uh, the creature type thing, or what? Yeah, a brief overview. Find, yeah. Just that way, we might be able to ask specific questions then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I suggest, Pykel, Mavis, we. Do an initial an initial search in the library, um, possibly. And you all you do all have a desk in the middle of it's in like the grand hall. Uh, everyone has their own desk, and there is a computer. It looks like it's from the the late like they looks like they brought them from the old HQ. Some it looks like one or two of them are pretty brand new, mm-hmm. uh, but those appear to be the top people's computers um, and then there's a few ranging from the mid 2000s to the late 1990s I mean yeah late 1990s so um and get Windows XP on this bitch <laughs> yeah Windows 95 <laughs> yeah. so yeah you're welcome to go to the library 
as you guys approach the library, um, there's the grand oak doors that lead into it. Um, as you creak the doors open, you are greeted by the smell of books. You know that the feeling when you find an old book and you, you open it up and it has that smell? That, that dusty, like, musty smell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old paper. And of people love of reading and of old books, it brings just happiness to them. <laughs> so uh, you walk in and the ceilings, it's, it is a little lower than it was outside. There's old old like panel lights on the ceiling that are hanging down i can't think of what they're called but, chandeliers no not uh not necessarily chandeliers but you know like in like in warehouses they'll have or like in grocery stores they'll have those like long lights mm-hmm. yeah it's the fluorescent like, ones yeah they're fluorescent lights thank you mm-hmm. the long fluorescent lights and it's just you see when you walk in there is initially a row that leads all the way to the back and then there's like i think four or five rows of them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you, what do you guys do? Is it is it by the Dewey Decimal system? Yes. I go to I go to the correct Dewey Decimal. Okay, so you go all the way to the end where the V's are. Yes, I do. And you basically go straight down the middle to get to the back wall. Um, and as you guys get there, you see to your right there is, um, it is kind of indented into the floor. Like there's a two steps and it's like lower. And there is like old couches and there's like a beanbag chair and like a long a long coffee table and there is um Wu is sitting there with um max the woman who was aggressive towards you a few weeks prior um and they Wu's reading a book and she is just cleaning one of her handguns paigle will you uh was there a coffee pot in here sure paigle will you uh make coffee sure and it's it is like on the it is in that little like it's like a room the but, rest area yeah there's like thing. there's like an, there's an entranceway with the stairs and there's like a half wall mm-hmm. um it's very old school like you could see over the wall but mm-hmm. it's just enough to segregate it um yeah I begin perusing the shelves okay uh, why don't you give me um some sort of research role I don't remember what you have uh I have a cult. Perfect. Give me that roll. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I got a 30 out of 85. So. Yeah, and this is a perfect time to explain the rules to our listeners. So this game is based on D100s, similar to Call of Cthulhu and many other games using a D100 format. Most people here are used to a D20 format, like what Dungeons & Dragons uses. These use two D10s, and one has two, has like a number with a zero after it to represent the 10 place. Um, normally with D100 systems, it's either you make it or you don't. There's no, there are like crits, but they're very rare because it is a hundred numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, in this game, there is a target number, which what is your target number for your occult? Uh, 85. So, um, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. Normally, depending on the situation, they will get pluses and minuses to stuff. Um, for this particular role, there's nothing really affecting him giving him any bonuses or anything so it's just the basic role um because you can have your score over 100 um which that doesn't mean you automatically succeed it just helps you buffer for because i can give up to like minus 60 to your role depending on what's going on excuse me there's five different possibilities for your role um there is where you just roll higher than your target number which is just a basic failure um, if you roll lower equal to your target number or more than half the target number, it's a low success. If you roll, if your roll is lower than, than or equal to half the target number, it's a high success. Um, if your roll is doubles and lower than your target number, no matter if it's a high or low, that is a cost colossal success or a crit. But on the reverse side, if your roll is double doubles and higher than your target number, even if it's one, so like if he got an 80, an 88, it would be a botch. Mm-hmm. Now, with botches, I flip a token dark. And with a colossal success, mm-hmm. I, you flip a token free. Um, the tokens play into effect is they can use a token. They can flip a token black to either give them a plus 10 to their target number. Um, they can activate their art for free. They can automatically succeed on sensing the unknown check. 
they can gain insight. Un you can uncover basically a rele relevant fact of the situation. Uh, you can reduce level of trauma suffered from a resolve check. Or if you turn all of the tokens dark, you can save the life of an envoy. Mm -hmm. um, there's also those are just the basic things. I will basically deem what you can and cannot flip a token for besides those basic things. Mm -hmm. So, um, and a lot of the disciplines of of uh, the evil way, which is what the, the creatures use, will flip tokens light. Um, and there's also a few other rules I'll explain when they pop up. But the tokens are a vital play in this game. Currently, we are at th we have five tokens on the board. Uh, three are dark and two are light. Now that is the basic setup. You put f we put four out, put one out for each player, and then you add an extra one. Mm -hmm. You can have ten tokens max. In our session, we played just to get used to the rules. We ended up with like eight tokens, yeah. just with what all the stuff that was happening. So, and the tokens can get crazy. Um, and they're really fun. Um, I will most likely put some sort of noise to indicate a token's being flipped, but you will obviously hear the reactions of everyone because it can be pretty dramatic. <laughs> Usually. People die. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did, uh, that is a high success on my, my account. Perfect. So. As you are, you all take a seat down in the little, um, little sanctuary that's in there. Uh, you take a spot at the far end of the table. The two don't seem to say anything to you when you pass them. You're welcome to talk to them if you wish. But um, right now, this is what it takes. It takes about, let's say, an hour for him, for Frank and Mavis to kind of pour. Would you, do you read books? Yeah, I have a specialization in folklore. Okay, so um, with all three of you kind of cruising through books, um, Paiko, I don't know if you're just kind of fake looking. I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, uh, you're all kind of just looking through. Um, looking at pictures. Yeah, I take the, the coffee book that picture. he offers me yeah. gratefully. Thank you, Paiko. I respect it a little bit. So this is what um, the system which they use to define all these creatures or monsters, they call it the Garrett system. Um, the, the, and the Garrett system defines vampires as undead. They were once human creatures. Um, but what separates them from the basic zombie, let's say, is often these creatures, they must feed on the blood of the living to sustain themselves. Though some feed on some other living aspects, such as flesh, are in some case the energies of the living. Which, after reading that line, makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Frank. Groupings of vampires are loosely based on regions, as not all vampires present the same capabilities or methodology, yet those in different areas seem to be similar. Uh, there's some save accounts that you're flipping through, because um, they seem to be very much on the interviewing process, um, whether it is just to help people recover, recover themselves or help them document everything. Because some, some instances, they're new. So some, some save accounts con conflict about the undeath or the once human nature of the creatures. Um, it seems there's a lot of people that are on either side. That some people believe that they are undead, or some people believe that it is almost like a sickness, like a curse. Um, but at least one account describes the vampire in question as a living person infected by... Uh, the unknown and developing an uns an insatiable desire for human blood the need to feed on a human at least once a week there it seems to be there's like four or five different headers for different vampires okay. um there's like the north american there's the Af the east african there's the there's an asian vampire and they all have different they seem to have all have different weaknesses and, and uh, vulnerabilities and different habits but they all follow those basic rule lines they either drink it um, once per night, or they have to drink it once a week. Mm -hmm. Okay, they have to drink blood, though. Drink, yeah, blood or life force. Okay, so... And if they eat the flesh, they, they get the blood. Okay. Some of them just... So it seems that some of them almost do it. Like, they they have to drink the blood, but they just prefer different ways, depending on their category. Because some of them are really, really violent, mm -hmm. and some of them are just, like, they're doing it just to Just because they have to. Yes, but they are... But remember what Richard Black said is that all vampire, all mon all creatures of the unknown are evil. Yeah, yeah. So it appears um, that we may be dealing with more than one vampire 
based off of this information. Yes, and the um, the vamp the type of vampires. I will just tell you what um, all of the the four known types of vampires. What their feeding habits are. Um, the Carpathian vampire um, is they have to drink once per night. Um, the East Asian vampire they have to drink the blood of a human every day. Um, the North American vampire they have to drink blood at least once a week to survive. And then the West African vampire uh, is also once a night. So there's only one that can wait a little bit. So, or, or maybe it is just one then. And they're just observing it. In. Yeah. Okay. So Asian or African or Carpathian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, once we figure that out, I take a to-go cup of coffee. I glance around and I cane myself out of the room. Um, and Rich, you do know you're welcome to take the books out of the library. They just can't leave the HQ. That's fine. So if you wanted to like leave it on a desk. I'll drop it off at my station that I was shown. Yeah, everyone has like a desk and they're all like in a row. Yeah. And it, it appears that the only people that has a separate desk um, is Dr. Morris. You have no idea where he goes. Um, he conducts your interviews just in a, in a basically in the library. Um, he informed you like when you had your base interview of the place um, it was just in the library uh, but he always leaves and you don't know where he goes um, uh, Dax his his is in the laboratory mm-hmm. and he offered you Pykel for yours to be there as well if you wanted yeah there yeah there's six desks in there and his two assistants who his two assistants also are part they also play kind of like they will be the people who check people in they just take turns mm-hmm. um but yeah, so because so they hired two staff basically, um, which they're still part of Save. It's just it's kind of like this movie, like Shield and Avengers, how like not everyone's a badass, but everyone's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody has everyone has a role to play. The purpose, yeah. yeah. Um, and it really they really shows that in the second Captain America. So like how they're all like working together. Yeah. Um, but th- some of them are, they don't don't fight. Um, I don't fight. <laughs> Which you're a special case. The only reason they're uh, allowing that they allowed you to leave is because of your abilities in the art. I'm amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't fight, but they can fight. So yeah. Um, what was my pet's name? I don't Mordecai. Yeah, Mordecai. Mordecai. I didn't write it down. <laughs> Mordecai. I was just looking down. I just Michael and Mordecai. Michael and Mordecai. Yeah. <laughs> I just had pet written down. And he's very well trained, so he knows to not. Yeah. I know it'll go outside and. Seems to really like Sydney, especially. So, Sydney offers anytime you need that they'll, that she will watch him if you ever didn't want to. Yeah. But do you three say anything to the your two uh, coworkers as you pass them? No. As you take uh, one last glance behind you guys, uh, um, if any of you would take like a look back. Um, uh, since yeah you're probably behind in the group right Uh, you notice that Wu is staring at you and he kind of nods his head down and goes back to reading Um, and uh, yeah Maxine doesn't appear to even acknowledge you guys' existence your guns are too enticing and I don't know if I stressed this before she's huge yeah Yeah. she's a big Russian woman (laughs) <laughs> she's yeah she's russian built but she's american oh she should be russian <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh you uh walk out of the hq and you are in a church and there's no one here except you I mean you see your your uh co-worker i grab my coat and hat he uh gestures he is just he's just sitting in a pew reading uh reading one of his bibles I'll be out for the day, Stephen. Yes, Frank. And he looks up, good hunting. And he looks down at his book. I have a very puzzled look on my face, but I, I leave it be for now. Okay. And I walk I out. Like, Do we need to talk to this dude? And I put, my, <laughs> I put my hat on and I yeah. throw my coat over my shoulders so with my I, scarf. Mm-hmm. As you, um, so you're, you've walked through the store before. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you walk through this time, um, 
there's a slight resistance, and then you are able to walk through it. That was a, it doesn't hurt, or mm-hmm. you just notice that like it wasn't. It was almost like you stepped through like a puddle, but it was your whole body. Interesting. Like how you're like walking through the mud or something. Yeah. It just kind of like slows your steps. Yeah. But then it was like a split second, and then it was gone. Yeah. Like before you were even through the door. And you guys get into your. Uh, what type of car does your parents have that are. That I have, have a station wagon. <laughs> yes, with wood paneling. A 1998 yeah. station wagon <laughs> with faux wood paneling. We're going to update our car later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it fits, the, it fits the scene. Yeah. Seems appropriate to be at the church. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm barely out of college, guys. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> I imagine I have a, a, a black sedan somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Where did I park it? It's just it? lost. You can't find it. I'm sorry, Pykele, the, uh Your wife took your car in the divorce. Oh. You had a sweet convertible. I drink a lot, so I should you, not you, be driving. You probably have a DUI anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's for the best. <laughs> um, as we make our way to out of out of this towards Chicago... Mm-hmm. We're heading to the police station, aren't we? That's why my question is going to be. Um, Where are we going? Yes, we can go to the police station, or we can go to the um, the bar to Trinity. Um, yeah, uh, Richard uh, stated, which I pr- just forgot to say, uh, as uh, Officer Doyle will be at the the first club. Mm-hmm. He'll be there waiting for you, okay. and he doesn't. He does. He just knows your names. He knows there's three people coming to assist him, and he is. Um, if you look through your, if there's like a file on him in that file, in the Manila folder, it basically says that he is a safe contact. Mm-hmm. He's known about it since the original okay. HQ, um, and he's in his like late forties. I mean, he is a detective, but yeah, he is there waiting for you. All right. Uh, so I don't care where you want to guys. Where do you guys want to go? We well, should probably just go meet him at the club. Okay. Yeah. What time is it now? Like, it's. He gave you the case at like eight. It's like nine thirty. Okay. If that. We're fast. Well, yeah. I've just figured so. It's not like well, busy. It's a, it's like to but it's gonna be like forty-five minutes minimum for us to get into the city. Oh yeah. So. If if that. Yeah, justice is this the suburb of justice is. Um, a little bit out of Chicago, so you have to do have to get onto the main the main highway, correct? Is that what it's called? Yeah, there's an interstate. Yeah. Do we have to pay tolls? <laughs> we have an iPass. Oh. Yeah, there you guys have an iPass. An iPass. So for you're every about car. to lose thirty dollars going into the city. <laughs> Cost so much. Anyways. Well, uh, actually, Pico, why don't you uh, give me a roll to see if you can create a little something to get to help you with those tolls? Craft something. Okay, I got a fifty. Or is that a 10 or is it a 0? It's a 0. It's a zero. zero. Oh, okay, so I got 50. 50. Mm-hmm. Is it two zeros? No, it's just one. Just one. Mm-hmm. Two zeros means it's a, a 1, 2, 3. Okay, what was my crafting? Or what, field craft? Yeah. Okay. I got. I rolled a 50. So you got a low success. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Um. you seem to create a prototype of something that can help you get past the, pol- uh, the tolls. Okay. You're not sure if it's going to work. You did whip it up last night in one of your drunken stupors. But <laughs> took a couple license plates, some you're like, wires, and a, you're like heckin tolls. a lemon <laughs> to create this. Yeah, you heard Richard. Um, well, it was actually Charles. He was complaining about um, just how much the tolls cost <laughs> going in and out because they have to go in a lot. Mm-hmm. So there, he's thinking of a way to get around that. Because cool. they don't necessarily have government funding. Right. It's kind of all privately like funded. Yeah, I mean, if you want to know more about that, you'd have to ask one of the five. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, um, in our drive-in, I don't know if you guys want to talk, but I'm going to be taking notes over the case files. Yeah, I'll driving. freeze those. I'm, not I'm driving. driving. It's my you're car. Driving. Okay, I was like, you're um, taking notes, but then I want to like. I assume the girls have like next of kin in the if that's in here or not. Um. They're not necessarily next to kin in there. They're listed, but none of their like, okay. information. That's fine. Uh, uh, looks like one of them had a sister. And then, let me see. And then also ages as well. I'm not getting these mixed up. I'm going to ask a lot of questions, and I apologize. No, please. I wrote, I have pages. Yeah, I, have, I, I have so much things. Ask He's me probably prepared for all this. All of the questions. He yeah. knows how I am, because I'm going to sit here and just like <laughs> pepper him with like, what about this? What about this? Yeah, what about this? What yeah. about this? 
is this in the case file? Do I know this? Yeah, I, <laughs> Ooh, I know these credits. What's my character yeah. now here? <laughs> well, I'm really bad because I'll make very large leaps of yes, leaps of like faith. Like I'll out. be like, this is this it's is so what funny. actually happened. Yeah. Okay. But if I don't have that information, I feel very bad. Yeah. I'm just going like, this is where we need to do. Uh-huh. A little tangent for listeners. It's funny because a long time ago we had a Cthulhu campaign. And I was planning to turn his character into a fly, and he fucking guessed it the second time I brought it up. The second. And I was so mad. Wait, was that the one when you got bit by the insect? Uh huh. Hey, okay. Yeah, like it happened, and he was like, I'm like, I'm turning into a fly. He's like, No, no, no. 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 Like, you just like crash. Yeah. You can turn into a fly. <laughs> Wait, isn't that when I poured alcohol on you during the prohibition? <laughs> yes. And he was a cop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was like, yes, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I forgot about that. The first girl just had um, a mother, like a woman, an older woman listed. Okay. Um, Catherine Halsley. Okay. I think that's a character from Halo. That sounds familiar. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Um, I said Halsley. I think it's Halsey. Anyway. Any, and the second one has a boyfriend listed. Okay. Uh, Roman Slavinsky. And the... And also, like two parent, like two older people. I'm assuming it's they have the same last names. Name, so you're assuming it's your parents. Okay. Uh, and then ages for the girls. Sorry. Um, the first one was 26, and the second one was 24. Okay, so probably a range of. And they were ten years. Yeah. Any other questions about them? Um, hair color. They were both blondes. Blondes. Uh, blood types. Very important. One was A positive, one was B positive. Okay. And they're both listed as... One is listed as Caucasian and a Latina. Uh, jobs? Does that... Is this in there? They're, one, she worked in an office. This job. Yeah, and the other was... She actually worked at the club. Cool. The second one did. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I pieced together all of this information from the file, but it's obviously already been pieced together. From right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm good. That's all I need for now. Perfect. Um, the drive is just it's normal. Normal. Like, um, let's actually see what that day would be. Wait, today's the fifteenth. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. It's no- snowing. Yeah, it is snowing. Is it still it's a normal Wednesday traffic, so it's not. It's you. You miss the rush hour, mm-hmm. the morning rush hour. It's yeah. just basic. Basic forty-five minutes to get into town. And you are in front of the club. I get out and my menacing way with my my cane first, clack in the pavement. Okay. I step out and just like can't just like fall everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get out. Did, I... we, did we find convenient parking in Chicago right next to this place? <laughs> yeah, That'd yeah, be really cool. I mean, it's a club in the middle of the day. Yeah, who's gonna be there? Be That's, our yeah. That's our superpower. Yeah, our superpower. You park right behind a cruiser, too. So that helps. Yeah. I, I get out and I guess I, I'm well, individually checking every single door to make sure they're locked. Yeah. <laughs> As you're all getting out, you hear grunting and like the car is like leaning to the left a little bit. And it kind of like pops up as one of the largest people that you've seen on two feet gets out of the car. And uh, it is an officer. And he is, you and they, most of the time when people see this person, they're, how would this normal person carry us, carry all the things that are strapped to his body? He has just like walkie talkies and like a a side pistol and like a knife on his chest and like, like a utility belt yeah he is just strapped not nothing like assault rifle or anything just oh. basic a cop gear but it looks like he just has like two batons and like his hat's like super so he's strict. like full rambo without the huge ass weapons yeah, yeah and he's very fat okay <laughs> i stretch my hand out officer o'doyle i presume and he shakes his hand and it is sweaty 
I have gloves on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have gloves on. I'm, I am like black. I have a black hat, black leather gloves, mm-hmm. my black wool long coat with my... The only thing is that little white, like white spot on your collar, right? Yep, just the, I'm all black yeah. otherwise. Cool. Just my little, cool. my father. I don't remember. It's has what is that called? Name. It's yeah. like a collar, but it has a specific name. Yeah, I don't remember either. They said it in the TV show Preacher, but I always forget. Yeah, I'll remember for next time. Cause you're a white, you're a white old man, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's very. He looks very nice. I am very like but very very He's yeah. very dapper. Like sold. Pristine, okay. starchy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As he shakes your hand, he's very hot. Like he's a very his his face is very hot. Like it's red. Um, well, he looks angry. Just is everything okay? Obviously. <sighs> I mean, there's a bunch of dead girls. <sighs> Sorry. <sighs> Your father, Frank. Great, great. Yes. I just know. I know it's one of these things. Just, just. Do your thing, I'll be... I'll just be following if you need anything. Okay, thank you. Maybe show ourselves in? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I just really want to save people. And he just starts walking really fast, but then slows <laughs> down. <laughs> and uh, he kind of, like, knocks on the door and says, you know, Chicago PD or whatever. It says Officer O'Doyle, and then the door opens. And there's just a, a man in a business suit with the Bluetooth, and he's like, Yes, Officer Doyle, and he lets you guys in. Um, side note, mm-hmm. the girls were killed, were they killed in the club? Or in the alley? Or in the alley next to the club? Very good question. I was waiting for you to ask that, actually. That was actually the next thing I was going to ask of yeah. Doyle. Like, I want to make sure, they, like, we're going to question rest. this guy no matter what, yeah. but I just need to know if it's inside the club. Mm-hmm. The first death was in the alleyway next to the club. Okay. And the second death was in an abandoned building next to the club. Okay. Like an abandoned, it necessarily wasn't abandoned, it's just there was nothing nothing occupying it. It wasn't bad repair or anything. For lease. Are they still roped off? Are the, they, like, the bodies still there? Or did they take them? Well, the body's definitely not there, but the alleyway is still taped off. Mm-hmm. And he uh, introduces himself as Jason O'Neill. Jason O'Neill. People will notice as they watch this podcast that I just, f- I fucking love J names, and I don't know why. He means listen, but yes, he does. Wait, what? What'd I say, watch? Watch podcast. Oh, yeah. He well, means, he I means mean, listen. Listen, yeah. <laughs> I think they got that apart. You just yeah. stare at the bar going, yeah. <laughs> Their voices are, they're going up. Yeah, I know, they can just see the little spikes, yeah. The reverberations of our voice. What are they saying? <laughs> yeah. need to know. What are they getting so excited about? <laughs> okay. Um, I just dropped everything. So. That's okay. Give me a split second because this is info. Mavis, uh, Pykel, mm. if you'd like, you can go to the alley. Uh, yeah, I can, go to the alley. I can talk with Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask Doyle about the autopsy. Okay, you do that too. Maybe that could be something I would ask. I'll just go to the alleyway. Maybe it's not by yourself. Yes. Oh. It's too risky. Perfect. I come back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not do that. That's I, exactly. Either you go together or, or you do yeah, not go. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you just look at me and you scream, no! <laughs> Mayor's no. Close the door. Mayor's no! <laughs> okay, so first let's um, let's just do with Frank. As you guys are kind of walking out of the scene, we'll do uh, Father Frank real quick. Um, he goes, he's standing there and he goes, I'll have to call you back, Dean. And he presses a button on his head, on his head, on his Bluetooth. <laughs> Extend my hand. I pull my glove off. Extend my hand. He shakes it. Father, nice. Father Frank. Oh, lovely to meet you. My name is James. Did I say James? Uh, you said Jason. Jason. Yep. My name is Jason. Jason <laughs> James. Edit. It's Jason James. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> James. Jason James. <laughs> Jameson. Jackson. O'Neill. O'Neill. Johnson. It was my father's name. <laughs> um... So I wrote, I wrote every PMPC except this guy. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't do my name. Um, 
due to the circumstances, I imagine that your establishment is closed for the night, yes? We are going to be closed for the week until they figure out what's going on. Okay. Uh, so we won't be having anybody here. So is there anything I can help you? Um, I have just have a few questions. All right. Um, mainly concerning uh, the girl who worked here. Yes. Just uh, any odd happenings? Any one particular that you may have saw? Were you working the night that this occurred? I was not in that evening. Okay. No, but I, I mean, I didn't know her. She was a regular here. Okay. One of our great, she's a great customer. Hmm. She knew me personally. I knew her, uh, but I, I just, it's just so terrible. Of course. So I don't, I don't have all the answers for you, sadly, but. No, no. I let, I, they let, they left the tape out in the alley. That you're welcome to go see. Uh, we will, of course, be going and and perusing that. Um, a nice girl, but have you uh, seen any strange happenings? Is this the girl that had the boyfriend? No. Okay. The Sorry, I'm getting like them mingled. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Okay. So no suspicions in the club that night. Um, I imagine you have bouncers. Uh, yeah, we had a, we had a normal bouncer. He took the week off, too. Um, pretty torn up about it. Uh, he necessarily he wasn't. Let's just say women aren't his thing. Um, but he was very friendly with them. I'm more concerned, honestly, Jason, with the the idea if he saw anyone um, or had any feelings of anyone that may have occurred in come into the club no all, all of my staff are vetted by me uh i am the last say uh there i mean i do have you know uh, an employee who does interview them before me but i am the final say no matter what um we do every night every uh, night we have either a dj or a performance come in my question though jason really deals with did he have any ill feelings um from any of your guests that evening not that i know of i mean he's had problems where he's had to throw people out but that's normal in a chicago club i mean of course a night we don't throw someone out is weird um would it be possible to get his information sure okay he looks over at at doyle he says since you're working with the police you're working with the cpd of course um uh, you normally cannot give out people's information, but and he gives you the he scrolls up on a piece of paper, hands you a number. Um, his name is Philip. But I appreciate your cooperation, um, as does the CCPD. Yeah. Um, he says I will be in my office if you need anything else, but you're welcome to come and go. Thank you. I put my hat on, put my glove on, and I walk out the door. Outside now. Yeah. So. Um, that conversation was like three minutes. So you, immediately when you guys go out there, um, you see the scene. Um, it's um, one of the alleyways where a car can't fit down. Mm-hmm. It's about, you could probably fit maybe two or three people standing next to each other, shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. So it's not very large. It's probably one of the original alleyways back in the day. Um, there's some trash cans. There's just some garbage bags classic alley shit there's no dumpsters because it's too tiny um there's you know, little sewer grates where the body is it looks like she was lent, lent uh placed up like lent, lent, she was leaned up against the one of the buildings um and there's like a chalk line of course because this is campy yeah a little chalk line um and as you are walking out i need both of you to give me a perception check please Okay, we're supposed to roll in here, right? Yep. Uh, yes. I didn't do that last time. You don't have to. Wait, who? Oh. It just makes it actually roll. Yeah. Both of you. Per- just, percep- okay. just perception. perception. Yeah, you, yeah. I know I'm not. I'm just... You too. Immediately when you close the door behind you, give me a perception check. Okay, go ahead and go first. Okay. What's it mean if there's double zero? Five? Yes. Yeah, that's a five. That's a five. It's a high success. Nice. I... What is, is that 95? 
so he failed. <laughs> yeah, I have a 30 perception, so... So yeah, as Michael, as you walk out, do you unscrew your can and... Of course they start drinking. He snuck some things from the bar in the club. (laughs) So you know how when you're, sometimes when you're taking a drink and you're not paying attention, you just pour it not in your mouth? Yeah. It happens to me constantly. (laughs) Yeah. That's what happens. Just spill. So you get a little bit just on your your chin, you wipe it, but it distracts you because it's precious. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mavis, as you walk out, you hear like like a crunch of like a can to your left. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a pile of garbage to your left. Alright, so I guess I'm gonna, like, look to see if I can see any, like, blood spots, like, any no. indication of, like, hair. No, there's there's no blood or anything anywhere. Um, as you're looking at the trash, you kind of see, like, flesh color, almost. Okay. Like, kind of just, like, in one of the cracks as you're examining it. Okay. Um, is there any way I can, like, get that out? Yeah, you could just reach for it. Okay, I think I'll do that. <laughs> okay, as you stick your hand in the garbage and grab it, it it's an arm. A whole arm? <laughs> yeah. And as you pull out, you're like, man, man, don't touch me, man. Mm-hmm. And, like, someone, like, jumps out and kind of, like, scrambles, like, to the ground in front of you. And there is a very skinny, very scrawny man, and he has like uh, like a fifteen o'clock shadow, but his its beard's very like scrappy, and um, it looks to be a young man, but he looks older from you presume drug use, as his hand as his arms are filled with holes, uh-huh. um, and he's really shaky, like to the point where like where like he has to like hold it to his chest. Um, and his eyes are bloodshot, and he's just covered in, like, filth, garbage, and dirt. Uh, I, I stare at him in shock. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, like, hyperventilating. No, no, please, please. And he's like groveling at your feet. And just as that's happening, because you were just, you are, I'm assuming, stunned, just shocked, just staring. And as you can induce from being a man of science, Michael, this man is either withdrawing or under the influence of something heavy. Yeah. Um, And the door opens again, and you hear the comforting clank of a of a cane as it as father frank steps out and you see that scene like oh, happen, it like jumps out like he saw it yeah, he's out. like like kissing her feet and stuff like he's like please don't need me please i look at you in shock like Mavis, you've made a new friend i see and he looks up at you and he's like <laughs> i take my coat off and i drape it over his shoulders as he's on the ground oh, oh. here come with me I, I stand oh, oh, It's okay. <laughs> um, are you cold? Uh, kinda. Are you thirsty? I'm always thirsty. I have some coffee. Would you like some? Uh, sh- sure, sure, man. It's black. I mean, I can't taste much anyway. Yeah, and I go to the car, get my coffee, and I drink my coffee. And he just all wondering. Ah, quite thirsty, I see. Yes. Would you like to step inside? Inside of what? Inside the club. Uh, I'm not supposed to be in there. And why is that? Jason doesn't like me. Don't worry. I'll take care of Jason. You're going to take care of Jason? That's pretty dark, man. Everything will be okay. Oh. What's your name? Uh, Jeff Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Yes. Jeffrey, I'm Father Frank. Oh, no. What's wrong? I don't do much good with 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 the with with the religious people. <laughs> I hear that from everyone that steps into the church sometimes, Jeffrey. Oh, you'd be surprised. Mm, I'm always surprised. Now I tell you what. Yes. I won't try to make you into a Catholic. Deal. Deal. Now you seem like something's wrong. Yes. Can you talk to me about it. Well, I need a fix. One. Well, let's go inside first. 
Um, okay. As you guys are walk, as you guys are walking, you're talking to him. I'm gonna need you to roll. Mm-hmm. Um, something. What do you need me to roll? Because I have so many good things for this. Okay. Well, well, tell me what uh, skills you got. You want? Okay. You think? You so I feel like I can probably get away with using either my counselor mm-hmm. or empathy abilities. Yeah. Most likely counselor. Probably counselor. Okay. Either of those. What's the score for those? Um, my counselor is 125. Okay. And my empathy is 95. Okay, so um, no, before you did the coat thing, you were going to be taking a minus 55 okay. because he is withdrawing, ah. um, but I will only give you a minus 35. Fair enough. So, um, because you are probably the only kindness this, kindness this man has seen in years. Okay. Yes. And you do recognize the, the holes in his arms as you've, you've dealt with people who have, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I imagine, I'm going to say counselor though, probably. Sure. Works uh, when someone has experienced severe trauma, yeah. it's sometimes hard for them to articulate anything coherent. I'm able to help them work past it to get the information. It is as almost as if it is made for this role. It's exactly it really like exactly. it was. Yeah. Uh, 71. 71. So, I mean, I think that's that a, is a That is a passed. success. Yeah, it's just a success. Just a success. Yeah, just a low success. He kind of... Well, I, I, I saw a, a dark figure emerge from the alleyway. Okay. Uh, he had he had a girl, um, a blonde girl, and uh, next thing I know is I'm sitting in my trash like I always do. It's my trash. I sleep in it. I bathe in it. It's me. <laughs> and he just bites. He just at the neck just bites. <laughs> she. She just just starts to shrivel and she doesn't even scream. It's as if she likes it. And he's beginning to well up. And then I just started running. I just started running, Father. I didn't know what to do. Now, if you ran away, how did you get back into the trash? I just climbed into it. Why did you come back? <laughs> My trash. Okay. It's the only place that doesn't kick me out of the alley. Okay. Okay. Now, Jeffrey, this is important. Yeah. Can you tell me, other than seeing a dark shape, what did this this shape look like? Was it was it a he? Did it look like a male? Um, I'm gonna need you to give me an empathy roll. Okay. Um, and just uh, since he's crying, just the same minus thirty, just the minus thirty this time. Uh, I don't know if that's this. okay. So sixty iPad still Oops. success, low success, yeah. low success. Yeah, I <laughs> so um, remember, you can use uh the chips to give you another success level success another success level guys um uh so i'm just gonna act like this role is basically gonna give you the next level up of information you would have received okay Okay. um okay well let me think think jeffrey think jeffrey and he's like kind of like poking his head really hard like leaving little imprints think 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 it was a man okay man it was a man he had, he had like, he had like an instrument on his back, and he, he was, he was, a, he was, a, he was a black man. He was dark skinned. Dark skinned. And, and then like, that's it. That's. I mean, I mean, there was blood on his mouth. I, but I ran. I told you, I just ran. Okay. Now, Jeffrey, help yeah, me understand. I'm understanding. Okay. There's no blood in the alley. There's no blood in the alley. Why is there no blood in the alley if you saw him bite her neck? Yeah, I don't know. He like he was drinking it. Okay, he was drinking it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Jeffrey? Yeah? Was he in the alley? Did he see you? Uh, I mean... No, I don't... I, I just started running. I mean, he had to hear me run. Okay, so he heard you run. Yeah. Was this, this was yesterday? This was last night? It was two nights ago. Two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you're absolutely sure it was two nights ago. I mean, yeah, it was, it was Monday, Saturday, I don't know. I mean, I just, it, it's the sun's been up because it went down and then it came up again. And now that's now. Jeffrey, what's your favorite food? Heroin. That's not a food, Jeffrey. <laughs> Focus, Jeffrey. <laughs> burger i guess like burgers i'm a hot dogs fan myself uh, okay i guess ever I, do you like chicago style you from the city 
believe it or not, I'd never put that stuff into my body. Really? There's, not even a Chicago dog? Well, there's too much stuff in them I don't know about. Ooh, you don't like the spicy peppers? But, I mean, spice doesn't really affect me anymore. Okay. Well, I know that there is probably a hot dog stand right around the corner. Why don't we take a walk? Okay. Okay. And we'll get some hot dogs. Okay. Or if they have a burger, we'll get a burger instead. Okay. Okay? Sure. I look over at Pykel and Mavis. Um, tell O'Doyle. That he rules. Okay, about this. <laughs> uh, ask O'Doyle about this. Also, talk to Jason. Yeah. About about him. About like him, him being in the alley, okay? Definitely. Uh, and I'm going to make my way around to where I suspect there is... Oh, there's always a there's always there is, a No, there is. There's, there's always, always a stand, stand in Chicago. Every yeah. time I've been in Chicago, yeah. there's a hot dog stand. I'm mm-hmm. like, there's going to be one. There's going to be one, definitely. Okay. There's a hot dog stand all the time on the Mississippi. I, that's what I mean. There's always well, a there's hot always dog a stand. stand. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll make my way with Jeffrey to said hot dog stand. Do you want to talk to Doyle? Or Jason first. Let's talk to... Let's talk to Jason first. As you two enter the building, mm-hmm. um, you hear O'Doyle screaming. Get on the fucking ground! Get on the fucking ground! And he is, like, running, gun-drawn towards the office. Wait, like, in the club? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And you hear him shoot twice, and then a window break. From the gun or from somebody? It, it was after the gunshot. It was after the gunshot. Yeah. Okay. And as you you catch up to it well easily, mm-hmm. <laughs> you look into the room, into the office, and Jason James. O'Donnell, what was it? Oh, it was Mick O'Neill, Jason James, <laughs> Jason James O'Donnell. Head is removed from his body. God damn! <laughs> I'm assuming that's too much to heal. As a to- as a token is added to the board. Okay. And that's what we're gonna call it. Doing so good, guys. Thank, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode two of Grim Encounters. Um, it appears that things oh, have taken a grim turn. Someone else has lost their head. <laughs> <laughs> um, stay tuned uh, next week for uh, for more for more goodies. Follow us on Twitter at Grim Encounters. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening to episode two of Grim Encounters. Um, we are at Grim Encounters on Twitter. Follow the show, get updates on the show when it's releasing. Uh, but yeah, next week we'll be back again, and we'll be doing some more stuff. Now remember, everybody, don't forget to get spooked out there. The camera fades from black to show a small room with a bed and an old lamp resting upon a nightstand. Jeremiah sits on the right side of the bed, staring at the door, like he has done every night for the past four years since his wife's murder. A loaded shotgun rests across his lap, and tears drip down from the sides of his face to the white, cheap carpet. Oh, Jess, why'd you do it? What manipulated you? Who could have turned you away? A knock on his bedroom door startles Jeremiah back to reality. Jeremiah, move a muscle and I'll turn you to mush. Jeremiah screams at the darkness, aiming his shotgun towards the door. The door swings open violently. I can bring the one who hurt Jess. The one who turned her against the light. Jeremiah lowers the shotgun. I would do anything to get my hands on that monster. You'll just have to do one little thing, Jeremiah, the voice from the darkness says. What's that? Jeremiah says. Bring me your save recruiter, Naomi Davis.
and I'll bring you the one who hurt Jess. The shotgun falls to the floor as Jeremiah stands up abruptly. Yes, I'll do anything. A figure walks to the door, revealing herself as Naomi Davis. She shakes her head as she looks upon him. Very disappointing, Jeremiah. You will not be joining Save. You are not fit to do anything with us. What? You lied to me! Naomi turns and walks out the door. She looks across her left shoulder and says one final thing. It was your final test, Jeremiah, and you failed. Forget save and forget you know me. The camera follows Naomi at the door as Jeremiah screams with rage.